Chapter 24 Scribbles by Sara Islam We have brought you a new book review. This time it's poetry, and we promise to judge it honestly. From now on, we'll provide you new chapters every Wednesday, since it falls on International Podcast Day. So follow our social media to stay up to date, because you do not want to be late. To our listeners, we are grateful. That's why we've planned something wonderful. So go and see the display of what we want to give away. And now, before we begin, a little message to take in. We post every Wednesday. Turn the page. International Podcast Day is September 30th, and you can help spread the word. You may be asking, what can I do to get involved? It's pretty simple. Head over to internationalpodcastday.com and check the suggestions. Then use hashtag International Podcast Day to join the conversation. You can reach out and connect with other podcasters, listeners, and your favorite podcast hosts. Remember September 30th, International Podcast Day, a day-long celebration of the power of podcasts. Welcome to another chapter of Between the Pages. If this is your first time joining us on our podcast, welcome! We are your hosts. My name is Hanin. And my name is Nesma. We host this podcast together, where we review and recommend books for you to read. We usually have non-spoiler chapters for those of you who want a spoiler-free review of a book, and spoiler chapters where we simply review the book down to every last detail. Today we have Scribbles by Sarah Islam. It's a poetry book. It's a first for us and we're only doing a spoiler part of the chapter because like <laughs> we don't know we don't know like much that. about poetry anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think that we would ever review a poetry book on our podcast but it's interesting. I think yeah. it's something that I would do again. Our experience with podcast was only uh, with the podcast I mean with poetry <laughs> was only in school. Yes. I guess. Did you take any in uni? Uh, a lot of them. But my first <laughs> experiences were in school. Yeah. Uh, we both had the same experience. We yeah. had uh, Dr. Zubaida, uh-huh. in who literature? is a uh, literature, IG, literature. IG, IGCSE literature teacher. And she is the one who introduced me to the kingdom of literature. <laughs> <laughs> like before that, we would take like poetry in English and yeah. study metaphors and... Figures of speech and sound devices and blah, blah, blah. But, that, but then Dr. Zubaida had a different approach or the curriculum had a different approach yes. then that we would use these things that we analyze with and connect them to an idea or a thought instead of just pointing them out like we did in yeah. English. As uh, a second language or like English during school. And I think what was so amazing about Dr. Zubaira was the amount of passion she had for the mm-hmm. subject. And it's the passion that really um, like caught her attention with the subject, you know. Yes. And I love the fact that in high school, before I knew what I wanted to do, the first thing that I, my first dream was to actually um, become an interior designer. Hmm. Right. And I kind of knew that my grades weren't going to be enough for that. Yeah. I'm not good at math and <laughs> I, I hate anything related to math in general. So 
I I knew that this career path wouldn't have been the best one. I know there's like interior design that is specifically in other colleges where you can go to, but they were pretty far away and I don't know if I wanted to go there. So then I was introduced to literature with Dr. Zavaida. Thing is I did take literature before, but not in her in her way or yes. her type of teaching. So mm-hmm. it really captured me. And from then on, I knew, I knew I had to go into... And she was very encouraging of us as well. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. So I knew I had to go to, to, to study literature in any kind of way. Mm-hmm. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> I contemplated that for a while, but then I thought filmmaking was for me. I don't know. It was either that or filmmaking. I wanted, like, if I... W- If I had studied literature, I would have wanted to work in the publishing field. Mm-hmm. And we're in Arabic country, so <laughs> no future. Not going to happen. Yeah. So I thought filmmaking it is, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the thing with poetry is, I I personally never really liked poetry. Like poetry was the least part that I liked about literature Mm -hmm. simply because it's so subjective, you know, like you read it and anyone else can see something different, you know. But when it comes to learning literature, learning poetry or having an exam on poetry, it gets very difficult because Mm. it's always the idea of there is a correct answer and if you don't get it, you fail but the problem is you can there's more than one answer you know yeah, yeah. so i kind of hated poetry in that way because if you interpret it in a different in a in a in a wrong way then you you won't get the grade as much as any other so that's what i didn't like about poetry and of course i can see why <laughs> understanding it you know understanding it when especially with like shakespearean time mm-hmm. when they wrote poetry you wouldn't understand a word. Like I, for example, if I read the poem on my own, okay, no help whatsoever, I wouldn't understand anything. But when you read it in class with a teacher who knows what the poem, what the poet is talking about, then you get it, Mm. you know, like, oh, so that's what he was talking about. So the thing is with poetry, with older poetry is that There's never a really a good chance you might understand <laughs> what the poet is saying. Okay. <laughs> so if I come across it, I don't need to feel stupid. <laughs> nope. No, not at all. Not at all. I think poetry is the kind of thing in literature that needs a lot of research. Like any other piece of work, like like a novel or a book or anything. But uh, poetry more than, than anything else. Yeah. And with Sarah's book, we simply just enjoyed it. Yes. <laughs> we didn't go through the hassle of any school. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I I appreciated poetry from Cassandra Clare's books, especially the trilogy of the Infernal Devices. Uh, before each chapter, she gets, like, two a lines or a, sti- or a stanza from, an, uh, uh, from po- a poem, especially by Lord Alfred Tennyson. <laughs> She she said she chose the things that her characters would have read and loved then. And then that's when I started appreciating poetry, like, yeah. for myself. Yeah. So the way we're going to approach this, epi- this chapter is, um, like, we screenshotted some of our favorite, favorite poems. poems, yes, by yeah. Sarah. And we're just going to talk about 
what they made us feel, how we find them relevant, yeah. and so on. So see if some of them are your favorites. <laughs> <laughs> also, I encourage you guys to have uh, like the book with you so you can like see what we're see looking what we're... at. But I think before we start showing you our favorites, uh, I guess for those who still haven't read the book or found it. Yeah. Uh, we will give you a chance to go and read it and then come back here and listen <laughs> to what we have to say. <laughs> yes, and tell you a bit about it. Um, the book is divided into three parts. First part is uh, called Fears and Weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And the second part is Love and Complications. And of course, love next is- to complications. <laughs> <laughs> and the third part... I think part, that one was my favorite. Yeah, mine love too. Love and Complications. <laughs> Uh, and the third part is aimless notions. Yes, and I like that. Part, it was a bit philosophical. I and think. each part has a specific amount of poems. Yes, yes. It won't take you long to read unless you're someone who likes to indulge in these things and take your time with it. Yeah. I personally, I read it all in one sitting. Didn't take more than an hour. Yeah, but it, but it's the kind of book that you would keep going back to it's like it should be lying around you yeah and like you would open it every now and then and see read something maybe you'd feel something different then or yeah like yeah you fast and experience and now you're late it's something right. that goes on with you I you think. know there's like i've never really um challenged myself to read poetry poetry mm-hmm. books and like milk and honey or or there's something a book called something with sunflower it, it's fallen yeah. from my mind mm. i don't remember what it's called sorry if anyone knows about it and i don't know the, know the name <laughs> these are pretty famous but um they're always like, under my radar yeah think, yeah yeah like whenever i go to a bookshop i always see them laying around but yeah. i've never really like grabbed to like get them or something mm. maybe i should maybe i should mm-hmm. maybe i should see it <laughs> <laughs> all right so from the first part mm. uh cold uh, fears and weaknesses. Fears and weaknesses. There was one poem that I liked. It was Lifeless City. It's um, It goes like this. It's like a city for the lost. People are carried away like dust. Slow legs and empty hearts. Dull eyes staring at charts. Watching this and that. With eyes that don't even bat. As if life has been sucked out of us. We're too... This is difficult to read sometimes. Like it's it hits some parts in yourself where you're like, hmm, I feel this way <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> like you know that you have your dreams and your ambitions, and then you have people who tell you, no, these dreams are ir- like completely illogical to have. So why should you follow those dreams? And mm-hmm. um, then we follow other dreams that are not actually our dreams, so we become lifeless. You know, that's lifeless city. Yes, it's part of my fears, and I'm glad it's under fears, and I'm really scared of not achieving my dream or giving up on my dream or or like getting off track i'm afraid that something unexpected would come up and then i would go in that whirlwind of life and then realize lose your way this wasn't 
what the I road wanted. I was on for my dream, you know? Yeah. Where where am I now, you know? Th- that's how I... But I mean, that's part of life. And it's okay if you lose your way, you know? Like, losing your way is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. It's finding your way back that is the hard part. But it's also, as long as you're conscious of your goal, you have nothing to worry about, you yeah, know? true. And I don't think you're that type of person who loses the sight of their goals, are you? The the thing is, but there is this, in, like in the poem, uh, there was this mention of someone influencing yes you, you know. And I was, it's true, and uh, we have family who influence us, who tell us that the dreams we have are not what we should have, you know. Or and it's like realistic or, or not attainable or yeah. Why? Like, why don't you just have a safe job and earn safe money and earn, like, instead of just going after something that might never be fulfilling, you know? Mm -hmm. Money-wise. Yes. Money-wise. Money-wise. There is, in that part as well, uh, I think I highlighted two poems. Poem number eight. Losing control. I stood under the rain, waiting for it to soothe my pain. I just want to hide. Because I'm afraid to decide. I want to scream. To wake up from that lucid dream. I'm paralyzed. Or maybe hypnotized. I'm slowly losing control. I love that one. <laughs> yes, it sounds amazing. <laughs> and it has the part of about the fear of making decisions. Yeah. And making decisions. And I'm the kind of person who agonizing over choosing something or actually making a decision that would take me somewhere but once I've made that decision I follow through and life becomes easy but once when there is a decision that I have to make it drives me insane um I'm not afraid of what I would decide on more of making the decision itself i just want it to happen you know why do i have to be the person who controls it (laughs) (laughs) and surprisingly the poem i mean contrarily the poem is called losing control and because it's the fear you Mm -hmm. know of still wanting to be in control but you don't want to do the controlling Mm -hmm. (laughs) that makes any sense (laughs) (laughs) yes true (laughs) it makes sense yeah, and then you want serenity to look to knock on your door, so you're like at peace again. So the decision is made. Mm-hmm. It's like the decision is what actually knocks on your door and tells you, "I'm here. Yeah, you don't have to do anything." <laughs> I know you always think like, "Why can't someone be the decision the, the decision maker for me?" but who has my best interest at heart and mm-hmm. would just do the thing for me. And once the decision is taken, I will do the task. Yes, I don't same. mind doing it. <laughs> as long as it falls under what I want to do. Yeah. And the next one was uh, overthink. Mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time thinking, staring into space without even blinking. I let my mind take control over me, allowing it to give me the ability to see. But I let myself be fooled and maybe even ridiculed. My mind manipulates my vision. It's like a strong collision. All I do is overthink and now I'm I'm letting myself sink. I'm sinking into darkness. I'm starting to look lifeless. I'm destroying myself with my own hands, doing whatever my mind commands. I'm supposed to think with my mind, but what if my mind isn't kind? It sometimes appears to be my enemy. 
it goes back again to decisions yeah, and same thing yeah or thinking the same thing again and again and again and what to do and maybe not decisions as well maybe situations or something someone said or your actions or relationship towards someone or yeah i have another one as well in that uh, yeah. part yeah number five mm-hmm. um never alone but always lonely ah <laughs> uh, that this is one. a sad one <laughs> it's a sad one and it's one that infuriated me yeah it goes like this people don't understand when i say alone i stand they see me surrounded by many if only they knew that i don't have any anyone to turn to anyone to see through see through my smile that only stays for a while everybody says i'm here to listen Feel sorry when my eyes glisten, but nobody wants to pass the listening stage, so my sorrow will always be my cage. I feel like an outcast, but you know, I try to cover that fast, because I know nobody shall see my weakness, so I try to cover it with fake happiness. A loud voice and a vivid laugh, I only allow you to see a half. I've grown accustomed to that pain, and my night tears fall like rain. So when you pick up your phone to call me, asking for a favor or whatever it may be, it all I will always be there for you, despite the pain you might have put me through. As for me, this is how I will always be. I will never be alone. I may even get pictured as hard as stone. But you know, I guess I'll always be lonely constantly asking the question if only if only i was an alternative universe in an alternative universe would it have been better or worse as for now let's raise a glass or two to all the years i've managed to fool you it's especially the second page that i found very relatable for personal reasons that I cannot say on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) or I don't want to. It's just something that I felt, it's like, hmm, this poem speaks to me, you know? And I think that's what I found very, um, this is something, like I've tried to write poetry before, you know, and and I still have them somewhere. Um, And the thing is with poetry, poetry is such a private thing, Mm. you know, even for the poet. So I always found it so courageous when someone actually publishes those things, you know? Because I would never, ever let anyone read the poetry that I write. And I've stopped writing it because it always gets so deep and so... (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like it's too deep for myself because I... I don't know, I there's really something very very personal to poetry that i find and i could really see that sara slam has really put a piece of herself into these yeah poems true whether it's herself or from another character but you if you feel this way this makes me bad as a friend (laughs) what no but it's not related to you okay (laughs) don't worry about that Phew! (laughs) (laughs) See, this is what I mean. It's too personal. (laughs) And it's not something if someone can fix, you know? Mm -hmm. It's something 
like loneliness or feeling alone it should never be fixed by filling this feeling filling this gap with another person yeah you should be fine on your own learn how to deal with that and then find someone who can help you you know yeah the thing is i learned from novels that the worst loneliness is when you're not alone is that when you're surrounded by people and no i never have that you still feel lonely no that and never happens this to is me. the the theme of this poem and yeah It's the harsher, the harshest kind of loneliness there is. Mm. That's from novels. That yes, I haven't felt that myself. Um, but I regardless, think... yes, I do feel lonely. Though I crave being alone, and it's a contradiction in my yeah. personality that drives me crazy. <laughs> it is a contradiction, but it's the kind of loneliness that we want to fill with our with a spouse you know like it's yes. the kind of like True. being hugged or being loved in a different way than you're loved from your sisters or your parents or your brother or mm. anyone else in your family you even want that that presence there, yes you that know presence. even yes they're not going to fill the time or fill something with activity but it's not this not even presence, ta- like know? not even talking, talking just yes. the presence of the someone presence of someone yeah. even if my family is out there Yeah. In the living room and I'm in my room and I feel lonely. I don't Does it happen to you as well like it gets worse at night than it is mm-hmm. during the day? Yes. I have it literally when I go to bed. Yes, me too. <laughs> it happens to me whenever I go to bed. That's when it's the strongest. That's when I feel, I guess you could call it lonely. <laughs> <laughs> too personal, <Yeah>. too personal. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, but I think it's relevant. A lot of people must feel this way. Otherwise, she wouldn't have put it in a poem. She feels that way. And maybe other people as well. Yeah. Or for sure other people as well. Mm -hmm. Anyway, okay. In the same part, there is the 11th poem, Lose Myself. Mm -hmm. Another fear. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want this moment to come. I'm scared of it. It's a dark thought I can't overcome. That, my ca- that may cause my brain to split. I don't want to lose myself and forget who I am. The mere thought itself, the mere thought itself is an absolute damn. I don't want to stray. Okay, I'm afraid to lose myself because I conform more to the expectations and this is something that's going to come later in the book of... Um, Of the people around me, mm-hmm. of the society around me. And this is literally my worst fear. <laughs> I just want to, to, to stay true to myself. To, But why are you afraid of that happening? Because it's, it pressures me. You know who you are. You know what you want. So why should you be afraid of losing that? What if the pressure... of the people around you and the society around you becomes too great that you start being more like them so to fit mm-hmm. i don't know like maybe it's not a very personal fear of mine but i can imagine it or maybe that's what i'm fighting for since my early teens you know and it's it's there like i'm not afraid of it now because i'm more aware of myself i'm very self-aware <laughs> but um too self-aware yeah true <laughs> <laughs> uh but like back then yeah mm. but i 
Like, I want you to understand that from the way I see you, like, I know you're a strong person, even though sometimes we give in to pressure. Mm -hmm. But we give in to pressure to make other people happy. And we don't yes. do that to... We do to, it to, to avoid the conflict yeah. and the negativity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if it happens too often that we... The stray. problem is that we've know. always been... People pleasers. <laughs> people pleasers and we always give in and we always avoid conflict as you mm -hmm. said so we've grown used to that so when we fight back we don't know how that's the problem yes i don't know i, so I don't when find we find the fight, words or the yeah, actions we all of a sudden when we fight back we feel like wait this is unfamiliar what do i say what do i not say to make a fool out of myself <laughs> or what do i say so they take me seriously yes you know yes, taking me seriously oh yeah my God. <laughs> <laughs> so but i will never like i think from the way the situation is in our lives, I think the only pressure that will really have an influence on us is our family, you know? Mm -hmm. If it's a job or if it's a friend or if it's... I think... I I think... I hope we give in each other an enough... a safe space so we can speak up, mm -hmm. you know? So we're not that kind of friend where we can't speak in fear of conflict, you know? Yes. So unfortunately, I'm experiencing something like that and it's <laughs> destroying me. Yeah. But when it's in the workplace, it's different because you have a superior and you have a boss and you have everything. So it's not up to you anymore. So mm. if there is something you don't want to do, even if it's in your dream job, you still have to do it. Like unless you find a way around it, unless yeah. you find a way Compromise to convince. Is a very important thing in my life. Yeah, but compromise is not always a bad thing. Mm -hmm. It's not always... Oh, no, it's not I always see it as a very positive thing. So both parties at the end come out winning. Yes, yeah. it's a win-win type of thing. The problem is when we choose the other path where it's win-lose, we feel bad. Mm. We, it does not feel good. That's in our nature. Mm -hmm. It's in our nature to have a win-win situation. So when we find a win-lose situation, we feel horrible. So we avoid that. So even if you do change from the compromise thing, you will not be happy. Why? Because compromise makes you happy. So even if you think that compromise makes you weak or you don't follow your, your own ambitions, this is who you are, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You shouldn't see it as a weakness, you know, losing okay. yourself or you're not losing yourself. You are yourself when you compromise this is who you are so it's part of you it's True. not a weakness and we need to Get memorize this yeah. <laughs> so insightful Nesma see <laughs> always okay. here to help <laughs> go um, to the next part I have the first one okay <laughs> I knew you would <laughs> uh, I feel like I want to share this everywhere <laughs> love and complications Okay, number one says, Maybe a final goodbye. It's been a year or two since I last saw you, but when our eyes met, I started to sweat. Time stopped and my heart dropped. Memories flooded my mind, making me feel confined. I was glued to the ground, unable to hear a sound. Ah, uh, <laughs> flashback a couple of outings ago. <laughs> You having that fear. Yeah. But not the situation thing. 
that situation and this is not just related to this is like related to everything I had in my life it's not just related to one person Mm -hmm. because I have a thing where I cut people out of my life yeah from one day to another high five to that (laughs) (laughs) I've grown accustomed to that because I kept moving from school to school and not really had friends throughout my life I said that before I think in another episode yeah Yeah. (laughs) but anyway if this is your first time here welcome to my life (laughs) So I never really had a friend that stayed with me longer than a year or two. So, And I kind of grown used to just moving on and, and finding new friends instead of keeping in touch with the older friends and trying to be not, like friends to them and friends to the new ones. Mm-hmm. Never really worked. So like my maybe my final goodbye is something kind of, you know, when you see that person that you never talk to and then all of a sudden you see them in the street or like... Oh my god, I know that person. <laughs> Let's avoid them. <laughs> so that's also a re- very relatable one. Do okay. you have the next one? I had number three. Mm-hmm. The day we met. Okay. Just like any normal day, I did what I usually do. I went to my favorite cafe, not knowing I'd meet you. <laughs> I sat in my usual place, with a book in my hand. Then my eyes... Met your, then my eyes met your face and my book suddenly became bland. Never. <laughs> never. That never happens. <laughs> my eyes were locked on you and they refused to look away. You appeared out of the blue and I knew I had to find a way. A way to talk and to get to know you and to get to know who you are. But I was scared of acting like a gawk as there were things I didn't want to mark. <laughs> But then our eyes met. Aww. <laughs> I think, like, a lot of us imagine us yeah, imagine meeting someone, meeting like, someone that. like this. Yes. Yeah. And sitting I, in a cafe, yeah. reading a book, meeting a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always reading a book. Anyway, I guess um, this happened in actually a couple of novels, one way or another. Like, literally, this happened in. Uh, a novel by Colleen Hoover called November 9. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it was a cafe or a diner. But yeah, the situation similar to that. And uh, wow, they had this amazing, amazing story. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, what else? In Lindsay Kalk's story, I Heart New York. Angela met Alex that way. She was in a cafe with one of her friend's friends and she was give, giving her dating advice and stuff. And then the guy uh, was sitting behind them and he, when the girl went like left, he sat in her chair and she was like, you know, all she said doesn't work. <laughs> 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 and then they started talking yeah. and they went dating and stuff. <laughs> it was amazing. So cute. Yeah. And Bella and Edward, they sort of met in this way. Yeah, Twilight. they did. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, okay. I have number six. Do you have something? I have before number that? six as well. <laughs> Let's uh, read the um, stanza paragraph stanza? by paragraph. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, stanza. stanza. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> doctors of my notes. Be so pissed that you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Any doctor in my faculty would be pissed at me right now. Okay. <laughs> I start. Yeah. You mistook my objection, thinking it was complete rejection. Trust me, this was never the case. You just couldn't read my face. I wanted to talk, maybe while we were taking a walk. I had a lot to say, 
but something told me to run away. It was never you. You were too good to be true. It has always been the thoughts in my head, the tears I shed. My objection was a temporary rejection, until I could get rid of my toxic addiction. One day, I'm going to learn how to let go. When this day comes, you. you'll be the first to know. <laughs> I love that one, the last line. One day, I'm going to learn how to let go. When this day comes, you'll be the first to know. Yeah. I think it speaks a lot to how we basically blank <laughs> when when we might be in a situation where we'd have to let go of someone. No, not let go of them. I think this is like when someone is speaking of their intention and you don't know what to tell them because like you're blanking or you think they're not good enough or... I mean, you're not good enough to them. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've n- I guess I've never been in that situation. But I imagine myself in it a lot. Even when I'm imagining it, I don't know what to say. <laughs> And this poem made me think, oh, what if they take it too hard and sidetrack or something and I miss my chance or... I don't know. I think it talks about being with someone and feeling like, like you said, like you're not good enough. And you feel like you want to walk away, but this person is too good to be true, so you feel like you should hold on. And it says, like, it was never you. You're too good to be true. Mm. Like, this person is is great, is amazing. It always... It has always been the thoughts in my head, the tears I shed. So it's the person who has the doubts about the relationship feels like he's this person is the problem. And it's learning how to let go of something that is toxic, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that's what it's talking about. But here again, this is what I'm saying. Poetry is subjective. Yeah. It can mean anything you want You want it to mean. Yeah, you know? I like your meaning better, I think. <laughs> yeah. Do you have another one? I have 13. Okay, go ahead. 13. This is all new. When I'm with you, I don't know what to say. And I don't know what to do. Am I supposed to feel this way? It feels like words are escaping my mind and they truly become hard to find. I've never been like this before. Everything feels new. There there are too many feelings I can't ignore. I can't ignore. And I really hope they're all true. My feelings are all over the place and they strongly... Bull and Edward. Bull and Edward. (laughs) Twilight. Twilight. (laughs) Well, I I really remember I remember reading this one. I really loved it. Yes, it's so I love it. It's about yeah. the beginnings of of true love. Yes, and falling in love that fast. I'm always scared when things happen fast, but I always imagine myself falling in love like that, falling <laughs> and being in love is more important because that's the part where we stay. <laughs> mm. So, 15. Through the dark. I've been astray, not knowing where to go. 
I failed to determine the right way and my detachment started to grow. I was starting to be apathetic, a creature with no heart. In my eyes, I was pathetic. I seemed strong, but I was falling apart. In my eyes, everything was the same. I was living in disguise, almost without aim. I can't deny there was a glimpse of hope, but I can't lie, a part of me wanted to lope. At some point of my life, you knocked on my door. My rejections were rife, almost waging a war. You fought for me when you had every reason to leave. You chose the good in me to see, in me you chose to believe. You were persistent, and your hold on me was strong, even when I insisted on being distant. You were sure that, you, that to you I'd always belong. You held my hand and guided me through the dark. Failing, falling for you was totally unplanned, but me, you made my soul spark. Oh, I like really she's so talented yes. that's all I have to say I think this poem is a wish yeah I don't know through the dark it's a sort of a wish she is I love like her poems rhyme in a way it sounds amazing yeah and, and it doesn't it doesn't have anything that feels forced about it you know it's just flow mm-hmm So, next one. Yeah, Aimless Notions, the mm -hmm. part. I have number three. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Reset. I woke up one day with a decision to turn this page. I decide to have the final say and get out of the ca this cage. I decided to abandon my past and give myself a new start. I wish for all this will to last and for my sorrow to depart. Realization finally hit me and for this I'm grateful. Strength has always been the key. That makes me hopeful. I'm leaving many things behind and pressing reset. There's this path that I designed that is free of regret. I'm finally taking in the air with pure tranquility. I abandon all that I can't bear and all the unjust culpability. This one is very hopeful. Yeah, yeah. I love this one. It's like... Leaving negativity behind and starting over and finding your way again. Mm. And, you know, it's so strong. It's like a solution to the fear yeah. of losing oneself in yeah, the exactly. beginning of yeah. the book. And I love how she's... You see, she's going in a circle. A she's, circle, yeah. She starts with fears and... What was it again? I can't remember fears and what. Oh, Sara, you could have made this easier on us. Okay, Fears and weaknesses, mm -hmm. and then love and complications, and then aimless notions. So it's like a circle. Yeah. I think this one answers, like, the one before it and the one before yeah. it. And like, yeah. Okay, four. The night. I seek refugee in the darkness of the night. It makes me feel secure. I prefer it over daylight. To me, it's secure. It's secure for my worry. And for my pain, it never made me scurry. It's when I feel safe to complain. I pour out my heart to the dark skies. I never want the night to depart, because it's when my soul rises. To the stars, I speak. I, I knew you were gonna out. like this. <laughs> They accept me when I'm in a state of peak and when I'm in doubt. Night embraces me and accepts me the way I am.
It brings me a sort of... I know, I know who it refers to. <laughs> Reese and Farah? Reese and Farah. <laughs> or Reese, basically. Reese. More of Reese. More of Reese. Yeah. Yeah. From uh, Court of, uh, a Court of Thorns and Roses. Yeah. <laughs> so literally, expectations are my worst enemy. Like, whenever I find someone expecting something from me, I, I just decide shut not down. to do it. Yes, I shut down. No, I... You do the opposite of <laughs> yeah. what they expect. Yes. Or not do anything at all. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I hate when someone gives me an advice and then I meet them later and they expect me to have done something with that advice or... Yeah, I, I understand. Know. Yeah, yeah. Especially with my family. Like, not my parents, I mean family, my, mm-hmm. my aunts and uncles. and I don't know, they have so many expectations of me. I don't know, is it the normal thing or am I not the one normal? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it is tiring, I guess, to live up to someone's expectations. I mean, the thing with expectations is that... You don't know how to go about them. You know, sometimes they are logical and sometimes they make sense. And sometimes we should be able to take that advice. Mm-hmm. But why don't we? You know, there's something in us, like, call it pride or something. Uh, yes, I don't <laughs> want to be like someone owns me or, yeah. or owns my decisions or my yeah. life. <laughs> All right, you have number eight. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. Eight, a struggle. The journey isn't easy. The road isn't always breezy. There are times when it's too dark. When, when on unwanted things, you have to embark. Always striving for the best. That may become a heavy weight on the chest. It's a struggle to achieve your dream. You always work hard to see that beam. But no matter how the struggle is hard, your goal is what you should never disregard. Trust me. The struggle will make you strong. One day, it will take you to where you belong. Ah, that's <laughs> such a pretty one. <laughs> yeah, because there are hard times. Yeah, and you you ask yourself, is it worth it? You know. Mm-hmm. So I guess yeah, it is. Of course, it comes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Mm-hmm. Okay, number ten. I have number 10. I have number 10. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I start this yes, time? Yes, 10. A foreign step. It's a step I'm afraid to take. A step that makes me shake. I'm stepping into the unknown. This reality has me blown. I don't know what to expect. My focus, I don't know how to direct. Confusion is written all over my face. It's a stage I can't easily embrace. My confidence is unarmed. That that it can get me. So I think anyone can relate to this poem, <laughs> basically. Yeah. From like different perspectives. Anyone has a story and everyone goes through something. So when they read this, they'll remember that thing and feel something. And how how unknown it was, how the direction they were taking, they didn't yeah. know the end of it or how or, their life would be. Yeah, they if start. they took this decision. Yeah. yeah. There is something, though, that I have to comment on. Um, I think with modern poetry, there's something about the overusage of rhyme schemes. 
something about like Shakespearean poetry or like any other po poem. I think there's what else are there? I don't remember their names. <laughs> um, it's like they they break the rhythm sometimes, you know, and it's I feel like when they break the rhythm, that's when it becomes actual poetry for me personally. Mm. I don't necessarily enjoy when there's always a b a b a b a b you know yeah, if yeah. you know what stanzas rhyme schemes are then you yeah. know that each rhyme gets the letter and they get or it's a a b b a a b b a a b b yeah. i don't like that like there's too much of a continuous pattern yeah. i like it when poets break the pattern sometimes like they do a b c f and then a b c d and it's like you know there's like this mm. breaking in the in the in the rhythm okay. sometimes that's clever sometimes that makes another rhythm entirely so when you break that you send a message but i guess that's her style so i won't judge yeah, her yeah the whole book is basically <laughs> the, like the whole that, book so. is like that yeah um it's her thing yeah by the way i think gold chains might be my favorite one really yeah Okay. Not anything I personally related to, but it was. It's just me. It's beautiful. Relating to, yes, her hate of gold. Yes, they symbolize something for her, but for me, I just dislike the color gold. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the color gold. I know. It's what gold represents. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'm fine with the representation of the gold. I just yeah, you just don't like with gold. The gold. <laughs> Well, there's no gold here, so <laughs> really speaks to you. I think I have fifteen. I have fifteen <laughs> as well. <laughs> A blazing fire. I'm moved by this desire that refuses to be tamed. It's a blazing fire that will always be flamed. I have my mind all set. It's a point where a decision Indeed. and they will met. It's all about determination and persistence. It's a bit of concentration and some resistance. Resisting criticism and embracing my heroism. It's about knowing my worth and fighting. I'm a champion since birth. And this is my story that I'm writing. I love that this is the last poem she wrote in the yes. book. And it's so... Like, it has a statement, you know? It ends the book perfectly on a perfect mm -hmm. note. I love the one that says, I'm a champion since birth, and this is my story that I'm writing. Yeah. It's so beautiful. Really good job. And the part about resist resisting criticism, criticism yeah. is for people very crippling, so... Yeah. Yeah. I guess we can say in a full spectrum that we did enjoy reading this book. Yes. And we highly recommend it. Uh, you probably... If you've reached the end of this episode, you probably already heard most of the poems <laughs> in the novel, yeah. in the book. Sorry. I hope you enjoyed them with us. And yeah. I hope you definitely enjoyed Sarah Islam's poems. Yeah. And this is the end. <laughs> we'll see you next time in another chapter. In another rhyme. In the next time in another rhyme. In the <laughs> next time in another rhyme. <laughs> Too cheesy? <laughs> yeah, right? Definitely. That's why I'll keep it in. <laughs>
Thank you for making it till the end of this chapter. It has been an amazing year for us doing what we love and sharing it with you guys. Thanks for listening. Without you, we would have been basically talking to ourselves here. International Podcast Day marks the end of our first year and the beginning of our second. From now on, we'll be posting on Wednesdays instead of Mondays. Next chapter will be a long-awaited book, on our part at least, which is Midnight Sun by Stephanie Mayer. Mark the page for chapter 25.